0: All right, welcome to the first module. This one's all about hiring the contractor. Now, some of you might already have someone lined up. You might already even be in contract with someone. So this might be uh, a little uh, too late in, in your process, but if you're not there yet, or you're having questions about who you're about to hire or finding anybody that meshes with what you're doing, uh, this module then is for you. So, as a builder, I, I kind of eventually turned into an educator and a trainer. And my, my favorite stuff to do is to educate the public about how to interact and work with contractors. Because it's a very, as a contractor from, from the business side, <clears throat> it's kind of a tricky business because you're not only trying to be a craftsman in whatever trade you are, whether you're a carpenter or a plumber or an electrician or a mason or, or anything, you know, that's been created since then. But you're also kind of the uh, the captain of the ship, or that's kind of why they got a, the title of the general contractor. It was the one who was in charge of the, the whole activity, the whole landscape of the project, right, from... The staffing, to the timeline, to the money, to the materials, to the interaction of the trades, etc. So it's a very complex business, and then you top all that with the psychology of working with homeowners, who I know from personal experience are under a lot of stress during a major remodel. And again, I'm trying to put it in a, a big bundle because those are the ones that are most affected by. <clears throat> uh, miscommunication, poor budgets, poor time, etc., is is large-scale remodels or so. That's when people are under the most stress. Where you are trying to maintain a family life, you know, keep some semblance of uh, normalcy in the household. If you have kids, it's even more challenging. Uh, So you really have to make sure that you're hiring the right contractor for that role. So don't minimize that that aspect of the business. It's not just can he hammer and nail straight? Does he, you know, paint a straight line? Does the trim look good? All that stuff is important for sure. But when you're talking to past clients, they may have given you the names to, or look on their reviews, but I don't trust reviews because they're only going to put out, obviously, their best ornamentation, right? I would try to look at, if you can, if they'll let you, the, the past five jobs, no matter if they're good, bad, or ugly, just, and let them talk about Uh, what the challenges were, why why they went over budget, or what the timeline problems were, et cetera, because there's usually, if there's a budget issue, it's, in my experience, I'm just, I can only talk from my experience, it's usually nine times out of ten the homeowner who's increased the budget in some way. They've either changed the material selection, or where it comes from, or how long you have to wait for it, or they've added a component to the remodel uh, task list maybe they didn't want new doors on the closets but now they do and so we now we got to wait for those and now we have more time on the schedule etc cetera, et cetera. so there's a there's a snowballing effect that happens especially in the remodel business not so much on a new construction side but definitely on the remodel side is once you change one aspect of the original contract or the original scope of work, all bets are off. The budget is off, the time frame is off, you, you can no longer look back at that clock or that date of that original contract. So, my point is making sure that you have a contract that you can communicate well with, You get along well. There's no friction at all. You got a good vibe from them right when they stepped out of their truck or their car when they came to see you. Um, If you're still interviewing contractors, I would definitely have one-on-ones with them. Uh, If you're a a partner, husband and wife, uh, or two people in the household, running the household, you both should be there because you both are going to have different uh, requirements of that contractor. One might want really a lot of communication one is like don't talk to me until the end of the week so there's that has to be put on the table at the front end so every contractor knows what they're getting into and you know how receptive a potential contractor might be to your needs so I always would mandate that both people be there at the kitchen table when we had that initial meeting if they weren't both there I would politely say I'm sorry we'll have to reschedule when you both are here I'll be happy to talk to you and that wasn't to offend them I'm trying to head off the problems from the get-go. So my intention at that first meeting is to listen, listen, listen to what they want to do, what their, what their books are, right? What their budget is, timeline, needs, all that stuff. You have to evaluate very quickly on that first meeting and then assess. Because oftentimes I wouldn't work with certain people because I could just tell from the meeting that there were going to be a problem and I didn't want to be subjected to it because then I have to bring it home, my, my tradespeople do the same thing, they have to deal with it, so it's like it was no, no use working with that client. So just don't think that you can uh, pick anybody and they're going to work with you, because some contractors will just say, no, I'm too busy, or I'm double the price or whatever, and that's to push you away. It's not to offend you, it's just like uh, politely saying no thank you. So you have to make sure you have a great working relationship at the front end, You're checking the references as best you can. Look at their licenses, making sure they're always up to date. Obviously, that's very easy to do. Every state has a licensing requirement. Make sure it's active, their bond or their insurance is up to date, et cetera. Check to see how many people are on the payroll if you can. If they're the only person, that means everybody that comes onto your job site is a subcontractor, whether it looks like it or not. Uh, their foreman might be a subcontractor. All their carpenters might be subcontractors. So it's kind of nice to know what the formation of their company is ahead of time so you have that knowledge. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I've worked with plenty of just paper contractors is what we call them. Great people get stuff done, make a decent profit, but they sub most of it out. They don't, they don't take that uh, sawdust home with them, if you will. But regardless, you have to make sure you have good communications, good rapport with the contractor. You've checked their references. you check checked their licenses and their insurance and their bond. Make sure everything's copacetic. Uh, Check the Better Business Bureau. Make sure there's no complaints uh, lodged against them. Uh, Talk to, if you have a list of people that you're seeking out, don't forget people that you know who might have also gone through a project. Who did they use? Were they happy with them? What were the issues on their project? Find out all that stuff. Do your homework before you sign up with anybody. Uh, And then when you do kind of break it down to two or three players, uh, see how close they are on price of the scope and don't deviate the scope. Even if you think it's gonna change, hand everybody the same scope so that they all are bidding on the same thing and break it down as, as well as you can uh, some people, you know, select the paint color, the tile setting. You don't have to go to that extreme, but you should have budgets in mind. So they could say, paint a lot for materials X, you know, let them worry about the labor and the markup and the subcontractor, et cetera. But just to let them know that you've done your homework too, preps them and helps them actually. It helps them navigate the bidding process. So that's because oftentimes as a bidding contractor, the work scope is so vague that you have to add in a big buffer just to make sure that you're covered and it's not to gouge the client it's to make sure that you can pay your bills when the job is done so there's the more detail you can throw in on that first bidding set what bid set we would call it uh, the better the more accurate you, the more accurate your comparison is from contractor to contractor so that would be another thing i would do is get give them the same set see where the prices fall. Usually if it's too low I would throw it out just or maybe it's a, just a new young hungry contractor who's trying to get new business and if you recognize that you see that and you work well maybe ignore that old adage of low, low ball gets thrown off the table but just be careful that typically they've forgotten something or they didn't they didn't read the detail sheet or something in the set of plans so that happens a lot. Um, And then uh, I would check with your family and friends, see if they have any recommendations, check their issues. If you have two or three players, check their price and compare. Uh, And then finally, you know, obviously you're going to want to find out the little things, right? Like what do you do when a change happens? What is a change order? What kind of markup does it have? What's the pricing structure for that? What's the pricing structure for the whole job? Can we do it in draws or when certain things get completed or... You know, certain contractors will try to work in ways to get more money up front, and that's just a way for them to stay ahead on cash flow. It's not a a gouge to you, but it's a way for them to jump ahead. Some states allow more deposits than others. You're just going to have to check your local uh, rules there. But by and large, every contract that I know of is always trying to front load the income to offset any potential expense um so just know that going in and then everybody's cool with it or you just make it very clear i'm only paying when that last switch gets installed and it's energized or i'm only paying for paint when that last trim piece gets you know put whatever your your negotiation is it's fine just make sure it's all written down so you're both very clear on when those things happen um so if all of them agree to that and you're kind of deciding one of the last things i like to tell people when they're selecting a contractor is Uh, And you can tell if they're a working contractor, because they'll drive up in a truck, they'll drive up in their work truck, typically coming from a job site on their way home or something, right? Which is great, because I love that kind of working guy. But go look at his truck. Go meet him at the curb before he has the chance to get out. And then surprise him and say, hey, you have a screwdriver or a pair of pliers I can borrow? So you can see the back of his truck. So you can see him open up the hatch and, and, and dig into his tools. 'Cause I've always said and maintained that if they're not taking care of their own property, they sure as hell are probably not gonna take care of yours. So to me that was a great <coughs> a great trick, excuse me, to pass on to homeowners is like you're not doing it to be offensive, but you're doing it just kind of psychologically to make sure that, Oh yeah, this guy's gonna take care of me. He he listens to my needs, he doesn't try to ramrod me, he doesn't try to push me into stuff I don't wanna do or time constraints that you know use this guy over that guy and he knows how to take care of his tools and his people and he respects all that so that to me is like check 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 right (coughs) excuse me so that's kind of my take on hiring a good contractor so that's kind of for every project now if you want to add in the sustainability or the green building aspect of the business which is fairly new only a certain percentage of contractors are really in that game and understand uh, the building science and the ecological uh, benefit of doing things in a green-minded way or in a green meth- method or material, et cetera, way. Um, so you, if you're looking for that in a contractor, you're, now you're really going to have to be selective, right? <clears throat> They're going to have to meet that all of that other criteria and then meet this criteria of, uh, do you know how to build green? Do you know what building science is? Do you know what the, you know, green rated systems are? Do you you know how to, you know, do you subs understand that? Because it's, it's a tricky game to play when you're hiring somebody who does not know how to build green, and your project you want to achieve a green label. It's like oil and vinegar. Those things, he's, he or she's gonna make it sound perfect at the beginning, but somewhere along the line, uh, communication will break down. So, make sure they have the proper qualifications or trainings or certifications or licensing or something that shows that they have some kind of track record in dealing with green projects or sustainable building uh, methodology methods because that to me is really important so if you don't if you don't have that coming out of the gate you might be a great contractor but I can't use you because you don't know XYZ uh, next you know I would just hire the, you know keep keep searching um, all right, so that to me is kind of the the nuts and bolts of hired, how to hire a great contractor for your project, uh, for your sustainable project, hopefully. And hopefully, you gain some value out of that. Uh, provide some feedback if you can. I really appreciate it. And we'll catch you on the next module. All right, see ya.